I'll never forget the day my mum-in-law, June, Richard didn't know I was going to tell you this story, took on a group of teenage schoolgirls in Lewisham Shopping Centre. Did you know June, some of you? June Minge, our lovely little June. Five foot nothing. I've no idea why we were in Lewisham Shopping Centre, frankly. I don't go there normally. It's not particularly somewhere I'd rush to get on a train to. I think maybe it was because we were living, June and Les at that time were living somewhere in that, where were they? I think they were in Croydon. And we, we went shopping with June. So there was Richard, Coral, me, and our Emily, who's now a young mum herself. Um, but she was in a buggy. So you can see this quite a long time ago, and it's etched in my mind to this day. So we were mooching about quite happily in Lewisham Shopping Centre and um, having a lovely time until June saw four or five very tall, over-loud, feisty schoolgirls quite happily take their chewing gum out of their mouths put it in a McDonald's empty bag, screw it up, and throw it on the floor in front of us. In a split second, June's character went from doting grandmother to a rather lovelier version of Maggie Thatcher as she marches up to them. By now, the rest of us are really worried because... They're six-footers. She's five-foot-something. These girls look like they give a bouncer a run for his money on a Friday evening. But June squares her shoulders, looks up to them in the eye, and says with great authority, as only June would, do you know that lovely voice she had, singing but also speaking? So everyone across the shopping mall centre could hear, "'Excuse me, girls.'" Excuse me, I saw what you did just then. I saw you throw your litter on the floor uh, for everyone to tread on. Would you mind, please, picking it up and putting it in the bin over there where it belongs? Well, they looked at her and stared her out, and she stared them back. Do you know, sensing the power and the feeling behind what she was saying, They did. These girls, meek as lambs, picked up their litter and walked over and put it in the bin in front of everyone. We felt like clapping, frankly. You see, not only was June a beautiful singer and musician, June cared passionately about mercy and justice and fairness and respect for the earth and all things in it. So this morning my question is, does a little bit of litter matter? There it is, on our beautiful mercy seat. Does it matter? Well, if we image Christ as a Star Trek style of saviour, who's going to whip us away when this world burns, I guess it really doesn't. really doesn't matter at all, not one jot. But if salvation is for this world 
and if heaven's coming here, would you agree that this morning that bit of litter really does matter? Genesis 2.15, the Lord God placed the man in, in the Garden of Eden to tend over it and to watch over it. So in the oldest creation story, we find that before anything else, we covenant with God too. We are called to be in covenant relationship with him through creation and to serve it and to work on its behalf. The first mission God seems to give us is to till and to keep the earth. We who are from Adam, that's a Hebrew word from the word Adama, which is, means ground, dust, or soil. So our name, Adam, where the word human comes from, our root meaning for that is the ground itself. It says we are born of the dust, but we are more than dust, filled with the breath of God to serve the garden in which God has placed us and to look after it. He's saying we're to get our hands dirty. We are keepers, pruners, grafters, midwives of creation, which he chooses to inhabit. That Hebrew word till, which we read in Genesis 2 this morning, is not actually an agricultural term, although it sounds like it, but it means to work for as a servant or a worshipper. So this word that we get in Genesis 2 means to work for creation's needs. And the Hebrew word keep, to keep the earth, means to care for it, to nurture it, to preserve it over a very long time. And we don't get that in the translation, but not just to care for it now this morning, but over the long haul, paying attention to the rhythms of nature. Now, that's a bit tough for us city dwellers, isn't it? Who don't see the seasons come and go quite like you would if you lived in the country. But that God took us and set us in the garden to do this means that creation care then, if we're right, is not an add-on, it's not a luxury, it's not a preference to our holy living, but it grounds everything to do with our life as followers of Jesus. And that's the reason we need to embed creation and the environment and environmental concerns into our understanding of holiness. Last uh, couple of weeks ago, we thought about how Jesus' relationship with creation reflected good news in terms of his crucifixion and resurrection. For with the resurrection of Jesus, says N.T. Wright. Does anybody read N.T. Wright? His work. He's sometimes known as Tom Wright. His non-academic uh, publish, uh, publications, they're called, uh, he puts himself as Tom Wright. So Our Lord and His Prayers, written by Tom Wright. If you read anything a bit more academic of his, it's N.T. Wright. And um, N.T. Wright says this, With the resurrection of Jesus, God's new creation was launched on the world beginning to fulfill the prayer that Jesus taught his followers that God's kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven and anticipating the new heavens and new earth promised by Isaiah and again in the New Testament. And what he says is this. It's a lovely quote for us this morning. 
The resurrection means that what you do in the present matters into God's future. Now, I can't really say it better than him this morning. I'm not as clever a poet as he, so I'm going to read you a couple of paragraphs as how he he kind of pads that out a bit more, puts flesh on it. This is what he says. I have no idea precisely what this means. I do not know how the painting an artist paints today in prayer and wisdom will find a place in God's new world. I don't know what musical instruments we will have to play. Bach, though I'm sure Bach's music will be there. I don't know how my planting a tree today will relate to the wonderful trees that, God, that will be in God's recreated world. I don't know how my work for justice for the poor, for remission of global debts, will reappear in that new world. And then he says, but I do know that God's new world of justice and joy, of hope for the whole earth, was launched when Jesus came out of the tomb on Easter morning. I know he calls me and you to live in him and by the power of his spirit, and so to be new creation people here and now, giving birth to signs and symbols of the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. The resurrection of Jesus and the gift of the spirit, he concludes, mean that we are called to bring forth real and effective signs of God's new creation, even in the midst of the present age. And that's when I think, why on earth can't I write like that? Like N.T. Wright, that poet. So holiness, revealing Christ's image in our lives, includes how we care for the earth on a big scale and our bit of the earth on a small one right down to our own home and our garden. And yes, our church that we love to call Regent Hall. What we do with it and how we look after it really, really matters. And Paul says that this calling is so physical, so very down to earth, that it includes even my own body. We read it this morning. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. So physical, this calling. So we've each been given the opportunity to help God in carving out his new creation, and nothing is in vain. That's the mandate for us, our holy call. Every act of justice, every ecological project, every tiny effort of picking up litter is to reflect God's image for the world. We must be thoughtful about what Pope Francis calls our common home, its beauty and the crises that threaten it and us. And this, he says, the Pope will require a deep conversion. It's not just a thing we can say up here or try and practice. It's going to take a deep conversion of the heart to stay close to Jesus, to taking him at his word, allowing him to transform us in living simply with a light footprint in the world. 
Of course, the level of ecological destruction can feel overwhelming. We know creation care is the ultimate pro-life issue, yet trapped in our first world fishbowl that depends on technology and roads and planes, it's going to be really difficult. My lovely Catholic tutor used to say, if I thought it would save the petrol crisis, I'd stop using my car tomorrow. Yet somehow we have to find a way, friends, because this isn't going away. As I said this morning, that quote from Wendell Berry, whether we and our politicians know it or not, Nature is party to all our deals and decisions. She has more votes, a longer memory, and a sterner sense of justice than we do. And if we are called to live in Christ by the power of his spirit, as new creation people, we're going to have to find a way to care for our earth, our bit of it. We can't solve the whole global problem, we know that but we can do our bit. And this means everything from supporting efforts to combat global warming and disasters down to recycling our paper, our plastics, and yes, our litter. And I would contend this morning, as we come to the end, that none of these things that we've considered this morning are simply ethical issues or moral issues or political issues. Do you know what? They're good old-fashioned holiness issues. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ, someone once said to me, is a gospel of the ground. It is good news born in a barn. Our friend Wendell Berry said also, we are holy creatures living among other holy creatures in a holy world, in a world that is holy. Do you believe that? So holy people, let us feel deeply and let us behave well and let us care responsibly for the earth that God has given us. May we tread lightly in covenant partnership with God as we live together in God's good land and let us deepen our faith in God the Father, the Son and the Spirit who creates and sustains all things. Amen. Amen. Father of heaven and earth, thank you for the beauty of the world that you've created for us to inhabit. Help me to live out my daily calling as a steward and to work with others for the care of our common home. Amen.